How y'all doing? Check it out. I tried to run on the football field, put a hamstring with no pair of cleats. Imagine life like that football field. How can I play without the paraclete? The Holy Spirit in John 16, the helper that's promised in verse 7. Without him, our salvation don't exist like 1 John chapter 1, verse 11. See, I need him up in my life. I lead others by allowing him to lead me. I don't want God to hide his face like the leaders in Micah chapter 3. I do away with all my evil deeds. Don't want to bear fruit from my evil seed. I read Isaiah 1 verse 16. I'm trying to stay zestfully clean. So (laughs) I stay in prayer on the daily, confessing all my sins and iniquities. Never separated from his presence and love, but separated from his fellowship and power from above. And we try to place blame on everybody else. We even blame God before we blame self. Thank God that he saw no man could help, so he came down and did it all by himself. You could learn the Bible verse for verse, but if it's not motivating mission and and, and making you put God first, if it's not making you have sacrificial change in your living, are you driven by the flesh or are you driven by the spirit? Amen? Amen. Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) My name is Rashad. This is Greg over here. Give it up for Greg. We about to get busy in this sermon series, uh, this, this driven sermon, and I hope that you're excited for what we're about to do. Before we get started, give it up for the online crew, the online family. What's up, Chris, Brittany, and Holly? Also, also, one more. We want, we want some more claps. Give it up for Megathon. Woo! Yeah. Oh, I got another one, Greg. I got another one. Go do give it. it up for the Holy Hoedown. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You see that? Yeah, she had a good time, didn't you? People are looking at you with a blank stare. What is that? <laughs> we had a line dancing for the Lord this Friday. We'll talk more about that. But hey, we seriously, we are a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. We don't believe, I mean, we do believe that no one is too far away from God to be discipled into a passionate relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, then you are in the right place. And we're about to hear about the Holy Spirit. I'm up here. I'm excited. So this is what I want to do. Y'all know how I do it every week. I'm going to say good morning, Mercy Road, but you're going to have two names to remember this time. It's good morning, Greg and Rashad. I know you're going to get Greg right, but my name is Rashad, not Richard, not Radish. So let's try that one time. Good morning, Mercy Road. Good morning. They got your name right. Let's do it one more time. Good morning, Mercy Road. All right, so what we're doing is today is the day of Pentecost, okay? And some of you are going to say, Pentecost, that's a churchy church word, right? But I, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about, we're going to open up, Greg's going to open up telling us about what Pentecost actually is about, and then we're going to dive into what it means to be driven by the Holy Spirit. Greg, get up and just do what you do, man. Well, good morning, Mercy Road. Good to be with you. Yeah. So, Pentecost in the Jewish faith dealt with the uh, festival of the first fruits when the, the Israelites actually brought something to God from their, their harvesting, there was a wheat harvest, they were celebrating, giving this to God. It was the second largest celebration in the Jewish uh, time calendar. The first one was Passover. You familiar with that? When the angel of death passed over the homes, uh, when the people were in Egypt, when they were exiled in Egypt. The second one was this whole thing of Pentecost or first fruits. It also came in when, they, when the Lord gave the first of the Ten Commandments, which was the holiness of God, how to live rightly with Him, and how to live rightly with one another. And the people throughout all ancient history couldn't do it. 
There was no power for them to live through it, and they blew it again and again. If you're, how many have read the Old Testament here? Let me just see a couple of Okay. It took a long time, and they still didn't get it, right? So then Jesus comes on the scene, and he is so thrilled to talk about the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit. They're three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was thrilled. And the more I've been reading this, studying this, and living this for years, I, I, get, I think he got actually a little giddy about, I can't wait till the Holy Spirit yeah. comes upon you. I can't wait to receive him because your life is going to be forever changed from what it is now. You're going to be able to walk with God in love, in passion, in power, and you're not going to be doing like much of my life has been before that. Amen. Guy. Amen. Yeah. So this is how it's going to happen. I get to sit with this man. He's like a Paul in my life in this season of ministry I'm in, uh, in the office back there. And I get to hear from him all the time. And we have these it's awesome... two ways. Yeah, okay, whatever. Right, and yeah. so we have these awesome conversations, right, where we get fired up. And we said we were going to sit down and have that conversation in front of you, but sitting down hasn't been working that well. So I'm going <laughs> to pray, and then we're going to start by talking about how we're driven by the Holy Spirit to relational love. So let's bow our heads in prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father. We, we just cherish you for this moment that we get to spend um, entrusted with your creation, your people. Father, allow hearts to be pierced so that they're motivated to actually move, Father, but move while they're being just washed over by your Holy Spirit. Father, we are so thankful that you have even given us access to this power through Jesus Christ, and we are, we're just ready. We're just ready to be on mission. We don't want to take a break over the summer. We want to take uh, advantage of the summer, Father, and go out and live sacrificially for the kingdom so that we can, we, we can advance the mission you've put us on. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So Greg, kick us off with that driven by the Holy Spirit to relational love piece. Yeah, so this whole thing of being fueled by the Spirit of God to have incredible relationships that are deep, that are understanding, that deal with the mess of our lives can only be done in a supernatural way. So we look at Jesus who, who is our model, right? And so we have to follow his pattern, follow exactly what he did. And in all four of the Gospels, you have this prediction of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, we're going to actually, for those of you that are note-takers, just jot down the Scripture reference right fast. We're going to go fast. Some Scriptures may appear. Some may not appear. We're going to just blaze through this because the sequencing, I think, is really important. So you have Jesus that is about to be baptized, uh, water baptized by John, and John is making this proclamation. It's all four Gospels, three times in the book of Acts, and you have to pay attention to that, right? When, when stuff in Scripture comes out that many times, really pay attention. So John does something like this. He says, uh, there's one coming mightier than me okay. whose thong of the sandal I'm not, willing to, I, I'm not worthy to untie. He is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this prediction comes. Now, he's, he gets excited about this. And we kind of read it and go, oh, yeah, what's, what's that? In my, in my younger days, the Holy Spirit, when I first came to know Jesus, right, was just like this right. mystery of Holy Ghost. Well, what, what's a ghost? You know, I don't know. I, didn't, I did not understand it. So then Jesus goes and gets baptized by John in the water. He goes down, and as he, as he comes up out of the water, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And the Father's voice comes out and says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, man, that's he right. has that identity secure in who he is with the Father. He also has the power of the Holy Spirit living and abiding in him. Matter of fact, later in Luke 4, he says, though Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit was led into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted by the enemy. And he, he wins all that. You know that story. Then it says he comes back full of the Holy Spirit, and his ministry is launched. 
His public ministry is launched, and you see all the gifts of the Spirit functioning. You see healing. You hear words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, woman at the well. I mean, you, every part of what those gifts are were to empower and to impact other people. They weren't toys to be played with. They were special revelations that God gave. So Jesus operated only under the power of the Holy Spirit, and he said, I only do those things in John 5 that I see my Father doing. He was hearing clearly from the Father, and that's how he navigated life. That's how he knew to go to the woman at the well, how to heal the lepers, how to deal with um, the prostitutes that would come up. Anybody like that, he was being led by the Spirit, right? That is our same role that we're needing today. But the, the beautiful thing for me, Rashad, in this is that he had such a secure attachment with his father yeah. that it didn't matter what kind of winds and storms blew, yeah. he knew exactly which way to go when everybody else says, don't do that, don't go back to Jerusalem. No, this is where the father sent me to go. I'm going to go, right? He obeyed the father perfectly in that. And so, Rashad, when we've talked about, right, Bro. in the office, secure attachments Bro. and the fact that in our lives, if we're really honest, we're all broken, Anybody here not a broken clay pot that's fractured and has messes? I still have messes. I'm getting older, right? And they're still there, and I go, where'd that come from? <laughs> Shoot, it's still, I'm still dealing with this stuff, right? And because I have a secure attachment with the Father, even when I mess up, I know He loves me. Yeah. doesn't mean I just go willfully sin, but I know yeah. He loves me. And then when we, have, when we have relationships with people that come into our lives... Mm. And where I live down in the city, everything is broken. That's it, man. I mean, systems, you, you, we could go in a lot of this stuff. But, but one consequence after another is not understood. It is a massive mess. My wife, Beth, has been doing this for 27 years, loving people in the city, uh, in the streets where we are, all kinds of stuff. But she loves in a secure, attached That's way it. to these people that now, when she knew that her four, now they're 28, 29, having babies, and they come back to her, she's their shepherd. Yeah, right? man, and, and, and secure so that's because man. she's secure and they're secure yes. in her life. So what does that mean yes, to you, yes, Rashad, secure, secure attachment? So y'all starting to know me, right? You starting to get to, Ryan, we have a secure attachment. <laughs> we definitely have a secure attachment. Oh, look, look at this, y'all. If, if we're really going to do this, right, if we're going to be on mission through the Holy Spirit pushing us out, actually driven by the Holy Spirit to sacrificially love those outside of this building, but to also sacrificially love each other. You have to think, this type of love is not natural. The, the, our natural love just wants to be with people who are just like us. I don't want to be with those who have different politics, different opinions, different values. I don't want to be with those type of people. I want to be with people who make me feel comfortable, right? And then also, I don't want to go out and sacrifice my time, talent, and treasures for people I don't know who perhaps I even think put themselves in that position and they're, they're there because of their own choices. See, that's how we naturally feel about being on mission. But the secure attachment is placing yourself in this relationship driven by the Holy spirit in a relationship with God that that creates the love of God that overflows in you it's the love that's talked about in Romans 5 that will overflow from you because of the Holy Spirit let me show you what that does what happens is if we're doing relationships together ask my hub, hub life that's my that's my that's my family right there but check it, out, check it out what happens is when you're doing those relationships together you start to step on each other's feet you start to get on each other's nerves why because we're people 
right? We're people. You start to hurt each other accidentally, not intentionally, but we come from different backgrounds. And this is actually what keeps people from stepping into the outpost network, into the microchurches and the outreaches and the ministries. Because when we start doing uh, life with each other, we're going to step on each other's toes. But that secure attachment with God, the secure attachment with God, the love of the Holy Spirit overflowing looks at you and says, look at this, mama, look at this. It says, you can't fail me. I don't have conditions or expectations for you. I love you because it's the love of God overflowing out of me. And so now when we're together and we're bumping into each other and we have some differences as we're going out on mission, it's the secure attachment with God that overcomes the things that are trying to break us and the mission doesn't stop. That same secure attachment goes out into the world and it says this, if you know that God loved you when you were a sinner, when you were ungodly, if God loved you when you were his enemy, then how can you not go out and love that stranger that you don't know regardless of what put them there? That's what secure attachment does. So it starts by you having that relational love that is driven by the Holy Spirit so that when you get to stepping on each other's toes or when you get out there with the people who don't look like you, with the people who don't walk like you or talk like you, it's the supernatural love of Jesus. The supernatural love of Jesus that put him on the cross for you. And you didn't deserve it. That supernatural love is how you forgive. That supernatural love is how you stay together when the times get tough. That supernatural love is what pushes you out this building. I'm sorry, bro. No, good, I'm sorry. Good, that's that's, that's me on, right there, right? So, so wait. What about it? What about in families and marriages and husband and wife and kids? Oh, you want to go? That there? doesn't happen there. Do anybody? <laughs> do you don't have challenges in that area at all? Ever have communication issues, expectations that aren't met? Kind of get chewed out a little bit because you didn't do such and such right? Does that ever happen? Did just me? Okay. Uh, uh, just, I guess it's just me. See, my wife ain't here, so I'll raise my hand. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole dynamic of understanding this supernatural love, Romans 5, 5, you just quoted, for the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts mm. through the Holy Spirit who was given to us so that we can be lovers of Jesus and lovers of one another, right? That's, yeah, that's it. And this is, how, this is how Jesus could deal with all the knotheads in his life. I mean, they're all around. We all have them. I'm a knothead, you know? I, I call You're them definitely knotheads. You call them knotheads? Well, knotheads. I call them knuckleheads. Okay, same so. thing, same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, this all became clear, you know, in my kind of a story that, I, that I'd like to share a little bit. And I bit. meant to ask you about that, Greg. Like, as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, this is one area. Like, when I was saved in 2011, I only knew of, like, receiving the Spirit as a result of my salvation. I didn't even know to go dive deeper into anything else about the Holy Spirit. And I think I was limited as a result. What put you on this journey in general? Yeah. Like, what? Well, in, in my story, for those that don't know me, I, uh, I came to know Jesus as an 18-year-old in 1971. You can do the math. And uh, at a Young Life Ranch out in Colorado, right, I heard the incredible brutality that he went through. That got my attention. I, I, I listened. I looked. I go, my life is a mess. And I knew that Jesus was the only one that that uh, died and didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave, right? And so I went out and said, Jesus, my life's a mess. Would you please come into my life and change me? And he did. He met me there. So then I went up to, right after that, I went to Valparaiso University, played football up there. Um, I have an older brother, Brad, and my whole family from 1971 to 72, two older brothers, mom and dad, all came to know Jesus just the year right after I did. And so I, I, I saw my oldest brother, Brad, he was just just going uphill, planting in his faith, loving people, loving the scriptures, hungry for it. And my life was like this. 
up and down like a yo-yo, emotional roller coaster, challenges, problems, injuries, all that kind of stuff. And I said, Brad, how come you're the way you are? And I came to know Jesus first, and you're so much further down the road. What's going on? He said, well, um, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, well, well, who's the Holy Spirit? What's that? Well, he said, well, go find out for yourself. I mean, he was a little abrupt, and I didn't like it at the time. But he said, go look in the scriptures yourself. So I said, okay, I'm the younger brother. I'm going to prove myself. I'll do that. <laughs> so I, so I, I got alone in the, in the library for a solid semester, and I read about two and a half to three hours every night from Genesis through Revelation. Read mm-hmm. the whole Bible in a semester. And I gained a lot of information, but I didn't understand what the Holy Spirit mm. was. And so I asked a friend of mine, I said, do you know anything about the Holy Spirit? And he said, well, yeah, let's kind of go through the, the, the scriptures on it. I said, yeah, I really need that. I'm, I don't get this. And so we went through the scriptures, which I'm going to share with you briefly in a minute, at least some of them. I said, and I was, I used to, I was a little, um, how do you describe it? A little brash and overbearing okay. as, you know, a jock yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and I, I said, you. okay, I said, I want you to do it the same way that Paul and the apostles did it. I said, I want you to lay hands on me, just like they, sorry, just like they did then. And um, I had another guy that was there, and they laid hands on me. I prayed. I said, Jesus, I, I just, I don't understand, but I want your spirit. He came upon me with such power. Not everybody has that, but I mean, God just flooded me. And I had all this stuff bubbling up from the inside out. Mm. I had this new kind of prayer stuff coming out. It was just phenomenal. And I noticed then my life started to even out. I had a thirst for the scripture that I could not get rid of. Yes. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's starting to make sense now. I had a love for people yes. that, that really changed. Because so much of my life, I don't know about you, but has been me-oriented and self-centered. I was kind of the center of what I thought was the universe. Everybody, everything revolves around me, right? Right, right. So I thought that was the way it worked. Found out that that's not it. He is committed when the Holy Spirit comes to baptize us with fire to burn off the chaff and the junk in my life so that I can glow red hot for him, Mm. right? Mm. If I don't have this stuff burn off, and I think life really is hard. I think we get beat up. I think sometimes we're our own worst enemy. I think sometimes we don't know how to relate to people, and we have expectations, like you just said, that aren't met. We get disappointed. We get, get, you know, burnt out with different types of people, with churches, a whole thing. And so what I needed was a consistency in my life. So that's where it started. Amen. And so just moving from there, so we've talked about how driven by the Holy Spirit into relational love so that we can actually be together and be on mission together. Yep. But can we, can we get to the power part, like driven by the Holy Spirit to actually receive yeah. power? Because that's what we're here about today. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got to understand the, the, the context. Jesus is with his disciples. In John 16, he says, you know the Holy Spirit because he abides with you, but he will be in you. He's forecasting. This is just before he dies. They saw the Holy Spirit in Jesus doing all this stuff, all the miracles, the healing, the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, it goes on and on and on. They knew the power of the Holy Spirit was working, right? He said, you know him because he's abiding with you. We live together. We walk together. But he's going to be in you. So then they go through the whole thing, the crucifixion. Their hopes are dashed. They're fearful of the Jews. They're hiding in in one of the upper rooms. The doors are locked. And they're afraid of, for their lives. And Jesus just walks right through that wall. And he appears in his glorified body. He says, here, look at my hands. Look at my side. It's I, I'm not a ghost. 
I'm resurrected in the flesh. I have this glorified body that, that is right in front of you now. And then he says, peace be with you. And then he said a very interesting thing. He said, and receive the Holy Spirit. He went, <sighs> it literally means receive the breath holy. When we get saved, we receive the Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? He said, receive the Holy Spirit, the breath holy. Let me, I, this is a time for showing hands if you're paying attention. This is a classroom. Okay, so do you think they were born again at that time? How many think that? That they, were, that they knew Jesus, they were born again? Uh, I'm the only one that thinks that. Okay, so I think they were born again at that time. I think they received the Spirit of God. I think they had new birth inside. I think they understood who Jesus was. And if I were them, I'd be running out telling everybody I know, he's risen from the grave. Yeah. He's alive. They understood that Jesus was alive. They believed in him, all right? Paul refers to later and all throughout Acts, after believing, we did X, Y, and Z. So, so here they, they believe in Jesus, okay? Then he says, in the end of Luke, he says, now, but wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. So he was around with them for 40 days, showing himself that, hey, I'm alive. He did many convincing proofs. He ate fish, all that stuff. He's alive. All right? They're believing in him. He says, but now wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, hmm. which is going to be 10 days later after he ascended. He's getting ready to just go up into heaven, and he says, now wait until the Holy Spirit's come upon you. That's where we pick up in the book of Acts, chapter 1. Again, the same thing. They're reminded. But, but John told us that Jesus was going to be the one to... Uh, baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Acts 1.8 says, and you shall receive, what? Power, dunamis, dynamite, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my what? To be my witnesses, martos, which is martyr. We got to die, right? We mm. die daily so that we can live for him. Mm. So we have to be that living witness, but only the Holy Spirit can let us die and deal with these issues in our lives. Wow. So you shall receive power to be my witness, a being, yeah. and to proclaim to do my witnessing. Wow. Right? So that's what happens. And then they're, they're praying these days. They're in the upper room, 120 people. Then Acts 2 hits. And it says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit came upon them like a violent Mighty rushing wind. Hmm. It wasn't a small whisper. Oof. This wasn't the small whisper of God. This was a mighty rushing wind, like a tornado, if you've heard those stories, like a train roaring down the track is what this sound was. And it says, when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, the word upon is interesting, too. Um, if for those in the back, I'm a little out of my order here, but upon literally is the Greek word api. It means to totally submerse totally immerse when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. A good analogy for this is, you got a bottle of water there, right? Yeah, I got water because I sweat a lot. Well, okay, would you take a drink? Tell us, tell us when he drinks this H2O, where, where's it going to be now? Drink a big gulp. Where is it? It's in him, right? You know the Holy Spirit because he's in you, but he will be in you. He's going to come upon you. And we did have a slide, I think, of a, of a woman under, there's a glass of water. Okay, That's drinking. It. And then when he comes upon you, it's this image. The Holy Spirit is coming over you, immersing you. That's a great It's just no little too. thing. Isn't that good? That's Rashad in his younger days. Uh, no, I'm kidding you. 
Uh, <laughs> I didn't look like that. I know. I know. <laughs> Never. So, Never. So, like, so, to, to bring this around, Greg, to yep. bring this around, because what we don't want to do is we don't want to make this any more confusing. And I, I want you to know you can reach out to us as pastors to go deeper into this, right? It's a Sunday morning. We can, we can only go so far. But what are we actually trying to get them to walk away with yep. today? So the element today that we want you to understand is where is the Holy Spirit in this coming upon in your life? Does hmm. he come upon you like this? All right. We may be born again. And a lot of the evangelical churches did not teach this. A lot of, some of the other churches did, but it got all goofy and wacky, right? But I think we've missed the substance of the Spirit, which is what we want, because we do a disservice when we send people out on mission. We do a huge disservice if they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so just briefly to try to wrap this up, Rashad, to me, when we see the sequencing in the book of Acts, and for those of you that are interested, we've got a whole documentation, a theological study that I wrote on this out at the uh, Outpost Central. But the whole dynamic is that Jesus was baptized, filled with spirit. The uh, disciples believed in Jesus, filled with spirit. In Acts 8, you've got Philip who goes down to Samaria, preaches the word, miracles are happening, and then they get water baptized, like you're going to do third service, right. come up out of the water, they believe in Jesus, and then it says, then they sent them Peter and John, who walked 20 miles down to Samaria where they were, and then they laid hands on them, and then they received the Holy Spirit. Mm. Same thing happens mm. in Acts chapter 10 and 11, and the same thing happens in Acts 19, and I'll close with this. So in Acts 19, Paul's going through Ephesus, finds some believers. He said, what were you baptized into? And they, they said, uh, did you? his first question is, this was where I was. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Uh, why would he ask that question? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Mm -hmm. I did receive the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But not in the way Paul was talking about here. He said, well, then what were you baptized? John's baptism. Then he said, okay, that was about repentance. Now I'm going to baptize you in Jesus' name. They get water baptized. They come out. He lays hands on them. The Holy Spirit comes on them. They're filled with the Spirit. They prophesy. They speak in tongues. They glorify God. And so what happens is this continued, consistent sequencing happens where people receive Christ, and then they're endued with power from on high. Hmm. And that's what we're hoping today for you that may be confused. If, if your life was like mine or has been like mine, hmm. a roller coaster and you're not sure if you have that stability of the Spirit, that coming upon of the Spirit, He wants to do that. That's what we're hoping you will encounter today, every single one of you in here. And then for those that are on mission, that are in the whole outpost network, we have outpost leaders that we've not yet prayed for to lay hands on them. As they go out and do the, the ministry, they need that power, they need that filling to love, to discern what is God saying for them to do. And then this summer, here's the other thing yeah, I'm hoping yeah, for. Yeah. This summer... Are you guys going to do stuff this summer? Or are you going to stay inside like you have this last year? Are you going to get out Gotta and get enjoy out. people? Are you going to get out and some of you like to bike ride, kayak, fish, do cookouts? Whatever you do outside, do you do that with any friends? Or you do that just by yourself. If you have friends, Josh talked about it last week, that's our oikos. That's the right. 8 to 15 people that we know that are around us. So get with them, form a little summer outpost. We've got kind of three outposts. We have ministry outposts, which are for folks here in the church, men's, women, all that. We have outreach outposts like Don does with Love, uh, Local Orphan Voice, uh, dealing with women. We have microchurch outposts because guess what? People in your neighborhoods are just longing for fellowship. COVID mm. has driven them nuts, right? So 
Could you open up a thing in your neighborhood? How about your business? Can you do stuff with people that you enjoy, that you're going to do anyway, and let that be a mission with the mindset that we want to love people, influence them toward Jesus, and we're going to hang out with them. But we're going to, we're going to have fun. We're going to have adventure. We're going to do this well. And we're going to watch God change lives because somebody had a, an outpost this, Man, this Friday. Was, what was, was that about? about okay, Let I'm glad you did. Let me tell you about my homegirl, Gen Z is what we call her, Jenna, Jennifer uh, Zapula. So she came to me a couple weeks ago and she said, hey, Rashad, you DJ, right? I was like, yeah, you know, Rick it, Rick it, right? And so she's like, I want to line dance in the parking lot and try to win souls and more people to Christ. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> That, uh, sure, I'll do it. But in my mind, oh, ye of little faith, I'm like, uh, 10, 20 people will show up. Anybody that was there last fri Friday, like, a lot of people, we well, probably many, had 200 some people doing, like, the boot scoot and all the other pontoons and all that stuff. I learned a lot of line dances, but this is what, this is what happened. Because she had listened to Jesus about something she was passionate about, she had a couple of friends that were in the women's outpost, that was in the Mercy Kids outpost, the, the Mercy, Mercy Students outpost, and the Hub Life outpost. She got us together. She gave a vision. She said, we're going to do this for Jesus. We already like to do it. Now we can just do it for Jesus. And what happened was people came out that weren't a part of this church, that were just invited as neighbors. People came out who didn't know Jesus, but they liked the line dance. People who just drove by stopped to see what was going on and saw me out there doing an electric slide and said, I can do it better than him. And came <laughs> over there and tried to do it better than me. They didn't, by the way. Anyway, anyway, though, but like, can you imagine taking anything that you love to do? and finding others in the family who love to do it too and saying what would happen if we just allowed Jesus through the Holy Spirit to actually push us out and win people for the kingdom and the stuff we already like doing. Like how convenient has he made it for us, bro? Oh, so easy. You know, the thing is, you may not know this, but in all of our location churches and with those at Carmel, we have about 70 outposts out there doing stuff right now. You may not have known that. I think this summer with you all and others, we could double that. And, and not just for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of impacting other lives. That is what's so critical. You all are missionaries that I can't get to, that he can't get That's to, it. that Josh can't get to. That's it. You only are missionaries to your sphere of influence, those 8 to 15 people. We'll never reach them, but you can, just like Jen did. And so what would happen if you could... I wonder if the Holy Spirit isn't kind of nudging some of you and you're feeling a little... Right now. You know, boy, I, you know, I, could, I could maybe do this, but that takes courage. That's and that right. takes... I might have... I might have to inconvenience myself and sacrifice a little bit of time. Ooh. When we get to heaven and you see the people that came, and I've shared this before, so what happens if somebody comes up to you and say, I'm here because of you? Wow. You inconvenienced yourself a little bit, but now look, I'm in heaven. I'm oh. right in this throng of, of people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation because of you and what you gave up and what you sacrificed. So I get to grab your shirt like you said, right? right. I get to pull you back. All pull right, back. so, so look at this, y'all. Look at this. We're calling this morning. We're going to call for you to stand up first as we get ready to sing the last song. But we're calling this morning for those of you who are already leading in our Outpost Network, which once again is our outreach it's our inside the building ministries and our micro churches. We want you to come down so that we can actually have people from the prayer team and ourselves to pray over you. But we also want those who are feeling nudged. Mm -hmm. We're like, you're like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I didn't think line dancing was a good idea. It's, it's not about what you do. It's about what he wants to do through you yep. by pouring the Holy Spirit out. We want you to come up as well. And then also just those of you who are hearing this for the first time and are like, 
I never even knew about having the Holy Spirit actually fall upon me. We want you to come up and receive prayer as well, right? Right. Right. That's what we're calling on. And so we're asking everybody to stand up, like literally stand up, stand up with us, stand up with us. I don't, I, I don't want you to miss how vital this moment is for our church family. I don't want you to miss how vital this is for our community, for your neighborhoods, for your families, for your friends, for your workplaces. It's about taking something in here and moving out there only driven by the Holy Spirit. Greg, go ahead. Absolutely go ahead, man. right. So we're going to pray together and we're going to ask the Lord. Again, I want you to listen. Is something stirring on the inside of you? Because I think, I, think, I think God moves in these places in these times. So if there's a stirring and you're at all not sure, confused, roller coaster life like mine, and you want that power, it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It means you're going to have somebody walk with you, burn off your dross, but let you love with white hot love other people. And so that's what we're asking. And if, if God is saying, hey, you could, do an out, you could do an outpost this summer. You could reach out and go kayaking, biking. Uh, before the service is over, we want you to take your, your uh, Connect card there in the back of the chairs. You can do that once we're in the prayer mist. And just write your information, your name, and then put outpost on it somewhere. And we'll follow up June 6th. We're going to actually do an equipping time, a free lunch for you, 1 o'clock. And we're going to tell you this is how it works. This is how you can start. This is even for some of you how you can start a micro church right in your neighborhood. So uh, let's pray. And we'll oh, ask man. Jesus to to move and move in your hearts. Listen to what he's saying, even as we're praying. So, Father, yes. this is about you. It's not about us. This is about your people. It's about your church. It's about this day that we celebrate Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit and how they needed it, how we need not it, but him, but you, the Spirit of Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. We need you in this capacity, Lord, to come upon us. So stir hearts, move hearts, as we call folks forward. Lord, may we pray and watch you do what only you can do for your glory.